Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. A formidable beast, the grizzly. As strong as an ox, fast as a horse, quick as a cat. No animal but man can challenge him. It's a new day! Yes, it is! Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Wild and Crazy Nights! The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hogan for the win. Put in a we're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. The most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHGO, it's Adam Hope. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flues? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are, the Adams. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. The draft is over. The Bears have 10 new players and, and more if you factor in the free agents. What's up, Johnsy? You and we're still caffeinating. Yes. Actually, I, I'm not going to lie. Just, I did just make some more coffee right before we sat Same down here. here. I, I want to kind of tear into the Bears media room yesterday. I was kind of offering it up. I'll, I'll buy. If you fly to Starbucks, nobody was taking me up yesterday in the long day that Saturday can be for the draft. You know Very what? disappointed in your Bears media room. I will take a loaf on that because I stopped at Starbucks on my way to Hallis and I kind of came midday and you guys were already there and I should have texted you and brought something. Actually, I didn't think about that until now. Yes. Yes. Two I will. Loafs. I will own that. I will own that. That's that's bad job by me. I should have done that, at least for my teammate Nick, too, which I didn't even minus. think about. So double minus. My throat was, uh, not my throat, but like my voice was just scratchy after uh, talking for two straight days for a total of nine hours uh, on Thursday and Friday night. So I had to, I had the tea going yesterday. We're at full strength. We're back to full strength. I actually played basketball this morning, too. I had to get some cardio back in after last week, and boy, was I struggling today. <laughs> just like from a cardio standpoint, I'm like, holy crap. It's like I haven't played basketball in two months. You know what it is? It's what you've eaten, too, over the past few days. Which is probably not. No, it's, it's not. Yeah. I think if you follow me on Twitter, you saw me tweet the picture of the the lose with the RC Cola. Yeah. I mean, oh. that's good. It's 
not necessarily good for you. Oh, it's fantastic <laughs> food. Delicious. <laughs> it's filling. And who knows what's actually in RC Cola. Yeah, yeah, true. Still still good with pizza. Still a perfect pairing. Uh, I don't think I needed the the three extra slim slices of uh, thin slices, slim slices, thin slices of pepperoni at like 9.30 p.m. Friday night as I yeah. went back for more. But oh. lose thin crust. Let me just add. You know, they're known for their deep dish. But their their um, box cut, whatever your tavern cut, ever however you want to call it, thin is very good as well. Yeah, it's solid. My wife prefers that, so we sometimes we'll we'll get a smaller deep dish and then go t- tavern style on the rest of it. So yeah, um, free plug for lose there. Appreciate everyone being here. We are live today on YouTube, uh, and of course, probably a lot of people listening as always uh, via podcast. And we wanted to make sure we got together on this Sunday to. Break things down since uh, we, let's see, it was Friday morning. It feels like a week and a half ago when we broke down the Darnell Wright pick. Um, but we got nine more picks to get through because we have not talked about Jervon Dexter and everyone else from that point on Friday and Saturday. So uh, appreciate everyone who is watching live. We're going to take some of your questions and comments throughout the show. Please hit, hit the like button if you are watching live. We don't say that a lot, I know, but um it helps the algorithm, helps pump out the pod even farther. So if you if you can hit the like button, make sure you're subscribed to on YouTube. And uh, if you're listening to the podcast the old-fashioned way, you can always rate and review the pod, which we appreciate. Appreciate Most importantly, send a link, text a friend, tell them, hey, this is the, the best Bears breakdown you're going to get. So here it is. Hogan Johns on – we're going to kind of bypass the Darnell right. I'm sure it will come up in conversation here, and maybe some people will have some um, – questions but i would say go back to friday's pod for the full breakdown on darnell right we got a lot of other players to talk about and john's i guess we should start with 53 overall defensive tackle jervon dexter okay so what we're gonna do here is i'm gonna read parts of the beast by dame brugler if you're not subscribed to the athletic i, I think you're missing out specifically not not just for forget me the beast is, it's invaluable. It's actually in draft rooms. I think it was the Rams again who shared a picture of it in, in their draft room. It is such an amazing resource. So if you're not subscribed, you don't have your hands on the beast, I'm going to give you a taste of it today, but you have to check it out. It, it is such a tremendous resource. Uh, I think you and I could both agree. You know what um, I found myself doing last night, actually? I was I was reading last year's beast. I actually have that out in front of me right now, too. Yeah. Because I on on CSGO we were comparing Jack Sanborn to uh, Sewell, who they drafted Noah Sewell, who they drafted yesterday. Um, so it's it's even a resource beyond now. It kind of lives forever, which is yes. cool. Yes. So I'm not going to give you everything, but Dexter is the 55th overall graded player, 55th overall best player for Dane. Here are some of the strengths: looks the part and is still filling out his enormous frame and wingspan. Athletic for his size with basketball feet and body control. Uses his flexibility to slither into gaps or flatten down the line. Flashes a violent arm over rip move to clear the center. Here are some of the weaknesses. Flagged multiple times for roughing because of his tendency to put all his weight on the quarterback. With his height and length, I expect to see more bad balls on tape. Played a lot of snaps, averaged 52.5 defensive snaps per game in 2022, and will go half speed at times. Unimpressive backfield production. His final, I guess, summary on Dexter, 
Must develop more disciplined approach to turn the flashes into more consistent play. But he's an agile, coordinated big man who has yet to play his best football. He is a traits-based projection who can play up and down the line, which will interest both even and odd front teams. Yeah, this is an interesting one for me. I'm uh, uh, with both Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens. I mean, and and I definitely trust Corey Wooten's opinion on these. He played uh, defensive line in this scheme for the Chicago Bears, and and you know his initial reaction when these picks were made was like he likes both players, but he's he's he was trying to figure out how they're you know true three techniques, and then you turn on the film and you kind of understand that it's not necessarily an excuse, but you sort of understand why the production on both of these guys is a little bit underwhelming for as talented as they are. And especially in Jervon Dexter's case, I mean, we're talking about as Brugler says, a traits based prospect. This was a kid who didn't even, I mean, he had been playing football, but he wasn't he was playing basketball in high school before he went back to it his junior year? He had and D one offers as a basketball player, right? I wasn't at Virginia and Syracuse, I'm, and yeah, so two really good basketball schools. And then he goes back to football now, he immediately gets all these offers, like even before he plays and puts up huge numbers. So, like, the talent, and this is going to be a theme as we go through all these players, right? The talent, the traits, the athleticism, it's all there, and but it's a little bit of a projection at the same time because Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are looking at this thing going, all right, he didn't necessarily play the same style at Florida that we're going to ask him to play here, but we think he has those traits yeah. to make the transition. So there might be an adjustment period, but he's a big dude, man. Before he moves like on. Six. Yes, yes, yes. Um, he is 6'5". 318 pounds. That was his measurements at his pro day. Big guy. Here is what, like, my, my favorite thing about, like, Ryan Poles' press conference on, on Friday, like, the inner scout of him came out. Right? Not, not just the GM speak, the, the politician GMs have to be sometimes with their picks, but the inner scout came out. So he was asked about the lack of production that Dexter had at Florida. And this is a projection. So here's what he said. You're kind of piecing it together. Foot speed, the ability to get skinny, the acceleration of burst to finish, the toolbox and your pass rush skills. Those go into it. And then what is he asked to do at his school? So for Dexter, a little bit more of a square stance, read and, read and mirror. When that's the case, you're not really on your toes and penetrating getting off the field. So you have to piece those things together. That's where the projection comes in. It's it. It's what he can do in your scheme, not what he did at Florida, where he was asked basically to read and react instead of getting upfield and being in the backfield. Yeah, and and to try to like simplify that for people listening and watching that might not understand, like even though I Florida is a four down line, but what they're asking them to do is instead of just bam, get off and go. It's like a hesitation, sort of mirror technique, eyes in the backfield, and read read your keys, read your linemen, read what's going on in the backfield, and then react to that. Okay, so there's a couple. Obviously, there's different ways to play up front. What the Bears want to do is snap, go, right? Shoot the gap, get penetration, 
get in the backfield and wreck plays that way. And then the linebackers come and clean things up. Okay. So it's, it's, it's just a different technique in what they were doing. And you, as soon as you turn on the tape, you see that. Um, and then you realize that he still has all the traits, but it is a little bit of a gamble. I get it. And, um, you know, it's just a little bit easier when you turn on the film with Darnell Wright and you see like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he plays right tackle. He's very athletic. You know, he's shutting down Will Anderson Jr. and and others. It's even with Roshan Johnson, which we're going to get to a little bit. Like when he gets the ball, limited carries, obviously playing behind B. John Robinson. But when he gets the ball, oh, yeah, I, get, I like it's right there in front of you. So it, it's just a little bit different. All right. Want to move on? Yeah. Zach Pickens. Similar story. No, you're skipping a guy. Oh, yeah, I did do that, didn't I? Come on. Come on. Miami cornerback Tyreek Stevenson. Bears yeah. traded up to him. Traded up to get him. Yeah, you're right. So that was only three picks later. Yes. All right, here's some strengths. Physically impressive athlete with a muscular body and long arms. Explosive athlete with springs in his calves to quickly redirect. Physical tackler with a safety background and looks to drive through his target when squared up. Plays chippy and has the requisite mental and physical toughness required for the NFL. Some weaknesses. Tours labrum and several ligaments in his right shoulder in November 2021, which required off-season surgery in spring 22 to shave some of his collarbone. False stepper near the line of scrimmage, forcing him to play catch-up. High-hipped and moves with hints of hip stiffness mid-transition. Surrenders too much spacing and off coverage. Here is Dane's final assessment. Stevenson needs to become more disciplined in coverage and versus the run, but he's a long, rangy corner with the speed and short area athleticism to stay in phase. He's a press man corner on the perimeter with starting ability. He was the 69th overall player and is 11th best cornerback. He is 6'3, sorry, 6 foot, 198 pounds. So Stevenson was one of two players, Johns, that we had on our CHO Bears 100 that we had a red flag on. Now we had a bunch that had medicals, um, but just in terms of red, now, and, and actually Stevenson was the only one that could have qualified for both red flag and medical. Uh, so this was an interesting one when it came down, and I found it very interesting what Ryan Poles had to say because the issue here was essentially that he his mom felt like he should get out of his Miami bubble. He's from Miami, go to Georgia. And a lot of this information was in the beast, by the way. Um, and he just sort of clashed with Kirby smart. They wanted him to play a different position. He felt the like star position, the hybrid safety linebacker position. Yeah. And he felt, no, I'm a corner, you know, I'm a big time player. I deserve to be playing this. And like, obviously you're at Georgia. And they are stacked everywhere. So it ends with him transferring to Miami with a bar fight in there as well. Um, and according to polls, he they obviously felt comfortable because they talked about this. He said they got you know they got in the draft room, they talked about this stuff, and it was you know. Did you learn from what happened in Georgia? Stevenson obviously made it, you know, made them feel comfortable that he had learned from that, embraced his role at Miami, which of course was the role he wanted to be playing. But 
you know, polls even said, Yo's the NFL. You're not, <laughs> you got to play where, wherever there's reps to be played. Uh, and you got to be flexible. So obviously Tyreek Stevenson has in their minds turned that corner, uh, matured since he transferred to Miami, put that stuff behind him. The shoulder stuff's a little concerning. I mean, shaving off his collarbone. It doesn't sound exactly pleasant. It just sounds like it hurts. Yeah. I think my takeaway from what Paul said Friday night was that Stevenson took ownership of, of himself, his own situation for kind of forcing his way out of Georgia to going home to Miami to take care of his family. There was some maturity there that the Bears saw enough that they actually moved up for for him in the second round. Yeah. I think the one question after the selection is, what does this mean for Jalen Johnson? And I don't think anything. I think lost in the flurry that the draft is is, is Ryan Poles saying that he liked he would like Jalen Johnson to be here for some time. That he wants to extend, essentially sign him to a contract extension. That was lost in, in everything said over the past few days. Yeah. So I think what you're looking at is Stevenson and Johnson outside and Kyler Gordon inside at nickel. You need three very good cornerbacks in this league right now because you play nickel so much. What that means in base... I don't know. That's for Alan Williams and Matt Eberflus to figure out. But right now in nickel, I mean, they got three second-round pick cornerbacks playing in their secondary. Yeah, and, and uh, now I would also caution that Ryan Poles also said that about Roquan Smith and David Montgomery. Both of them are on different teams. So, you know, he's... But the, 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 the Jalen Johnson thing will be interesting. I don't think this has anything to do with Jalen Johnson. Maybe, maybe lost in all the talk about the defensive line and offensive line is that to me, there's still a there was still a giant hole at cornerback that uh, that they needed to fill. So it did not shock me at all that they drafted a corner uh, in the second round again. It was a little bit surprising. Maybe it was this player and that they traded up for him. But again, like we only know what we know going into the draft. They have the context of everything they worked on with this kid. And you can't deny the tape. Tape's great. You know, he fits from a size, speed, length, all the things they're looking for at the position. Um, and so if they feel comfortable with it, you understand why they made that move. I'm more interested to, to see how it impacts Kyler Gordon, quite frankly. And, you know, is there a little bit of doubt about where Kyler is best fitted? He kind of played. I thought he made strides at both inside and outside, but is he better off if he just sticks on one? And if he does, that would probably be the slot now that they've added Tyreek Stevenson. But they could also still have Kyler Gordon play inside and outside, and it's Stevenson coming in on nickel downs, but he's actually just playing outside with Kyler kicking inside. I mean, that's kind of how I would think that this would start. And with all these guys, Ryan Poles made it clear they're going to have to earn their spots. So it's not like Kindleville door is going to go lightly. Third round. Pick number 64, which in most years is the last pick of the second round. So that's how I prefer to see this. Sorry, Miami, or thanks, Miami, however you want to phrase it. But Zach Pickens, defensive tackle from South Carolina, was pick number 64. I think my immediate reaction before I get to the beast was, oh, they're doubling down already? Like, I wasn't surprised that they doubled down. A defensive tackle, knowing how important it is to what Matt Eberflus wants to do. 
But they did it like 11 picks later after taking Dexter. So the immediacy kind of surprised me a bit. 6'3", 291 pounds. All second team, all SEC, team MVP, team captain. Some of his strengths. Good-sized athlete and passes the eye test with flying colors. Extends his long arms into the chest of blockers to create initial knockback. Competes with team-centric mindset and experience working with various alignments up front. Durable. Started 32 straight games over the last three seasons. Weaknesses. Pass rush arsenal lacks variety. Occasionally uses a quick swim or arm over, but his rush moves are generally power-based. Looks like just a guy when he plays with tall pad level. Unimpressive career production. The summary, Pickens must continue to hone in his hand techniques as a rusher and anchor in the run game, but he plays on his feet with the agility, balance, and length to instinctively react to blockers. He projects as a rotational tackle as a rookie with starting upside. Number the 83rd overall player in his top 100. Yeah, by the way, uh, take a sip of coffee there. I think I just did. That's the problem. It was still in my throat. <laughs> um, uh, Brugler had Jervon Dexter fifth ahead of Keanu Benton, ahead of Adetamwa Adabore, and he had Pickens ninth. So just to give you, I mean, it kind of fell how the Bears seemed to value the And Adabore went much, much later. Yeah. 110 to the Colts. I think that tells you something that despite all the athletic traits, this great senior bowl tape, all that, the real tape, the real performances and game days for Northwestern, like you said, yeah, like there were some doubts about it. Yeah, I think it, it averaged out how it should, right? Like, you know, I still think he's going to be a good player. But it, it doesn't surprise me, right? Because we always talk about this. What happens pre-draft versus what's on tape. And I reported, you know, after the pro day that some, some teams back in November had undraftable grades on them. And then he, you know, made teams look twice because of blowing up the senior bowl and blowing up the combine. But when they get, that's why April's so important when everything, all, all the dust settles on all the information gathering and you actually put it down and you mix it all together and you spit out your final board. That's what happened here. Now I think he's going to prove some teams wrong, but, um, I, I understand it at the same time. I think it's actually a very disciplined way of, of looking at things. And sometimes teams fall into that trap of just looking at the measurable. So, you know, Pickens here is interesting. John's, I um, turned on his tape already against uh, Tennessee, which is nice because Darnell Wright's in that game too. Not that they're necessarily going up against each other. But, um, you know, he he seems to have some... Pretty good pass rush moves. I saw one rush where he just swats the dude's arms out of his way, goes right by him, but then he's a little bit out of control and couldn't get Hendon Hooker to the ground. Turned out to be a big gain for Tennessee. So, but a lot like a lot like Dexter, it's a little, you know, Dane Dane questions the get off on both of these guys. But is that because of the scheme? Or is it because they they're, they don't have good get-offs because their measurables seem to indicate they could. And again, yeah. that's where it's just a projection. Was it Eberflus? Well, he said this on our podcast, right? They look at the the broad jump and the um, 
the other jump. <laughs> for, Vertical? Yeah, for, for lower body explosion. And yeah. Pickens and Dexter both graded out well in this. Again, it's it's the projection. Um, Pickens, like Dexter, didn't have a lot of great production. But this is Ryan Poles. The inner scout in him said, you have to grade the flashes. You have to project where they fit and what you want to do. And Pickens passed that test as well. Um, before we move on to the fourth round, I think the the one problem everybody has with this draft is just the where's the defensive end? Where's the edge yeah. rusher? Pass rush has been bad. So at this point in the draft, like after day one, there were seven pass rushers taken in the first round. Seven. More than any other position. Before pick 53 came up for Dexter, there were four more pass rushers off the board. So this deep class of edge rushers became very thin very fast on the Bears. And good for them for not forcing the issue for a pass rusher. Yeah, so that's where I think it, it the the fear of there being that big gap between their first pick and their second pick, right? You knew they were probably going to lose out on something in there. And I think edge rusher is kind of that position because you had that run. You had all those guys go uh, sort of in that area. And the Bears would have had a pick if not for you know the trade for Chase Claypool. But you know, the, the thing is, is, and I think maybe some fans forgot this going in the weekend, they weren't going to be able to address every need in this draft. They still have that many needs, especially with the high pick. So whether it was, and by the way, they only drafted one lineman, offensive lineman. They didn't get an interior guy. They didn't get a center. And so even that's a, an area that wasn't, really addressed in this I, I think we're all failing to acknowledge that Cody White here, even though he's moving back to center, it's probably an upgrade of what happened at center last year. Oh, it's still an upgrade, yeah. yeah. But, you know, there's a, there's a reason why we spent a lot of time talking about centers for the future. Um, and John Michael Schmitz was on the board. He was. With a, with a couple of these picks, if not... The, I'm forgetting where exactly he went, but he was definitely there when they drafted Dexter, and he was definitely there when they drafted Stevenson. I don't remember on Zach Pickett. By, by the time we got, I know we got to move on quickly here, but but by the time we got to Matt Eberflus on, on Saturday night, like if, if you look at his success in, in, in Indianapolis, he didn't really have elite edge rushers. I think we forgot about that. Like the interior pressure kind of drove the success of, of that defense. DeForest Buckner stands out. And Eberflus kind of highlighted that on Saturday night. Like, the inside guys dent the pocket, right? Yeah. The inside pressure, at least for Eberflus, is more important. Now, that's not to say that defensive end is not important. It's a premium position. I think it will be addressed maybe a little bit more here in free agency, but I think that's notable as we continue this conversation. Thanks to Kent, our producer, for pointing out GMS was uh, number 57, one pick after Stevenson Kent, by the way, producing this show from the Kansas City Airport. Coming back from the draft. So shout out, uh, shout out to Kent for, <laughs> for getting this done because he uh his flight was delayed this morning. Kansas City's airport's weird too. It's been a while. Remember it. It's been a while for us. It's like you you like go into security like right before you get to the gate. And everything else is like, it's like, oh, there's like a pocket of every four gates has its own security. 
that oh, makes sense. Yeah. Do you remember that? Out? No, yeah. I don't. No. It's really it's it's very different, but it's cool. I like it. All right. Roshan Johnson, pick number one fifteen. Move back, gain some extra capital, uh, recoup some capital, I should say. Um, the the level of praise from the Bears like really stuck out with me. It, it, it was just different than praise from like like where, where you, you talk up your draft picks, right? Right, right. It, it just it just felt different. So, well, and I'm, beyond that, the, the coaches that coached him at Texas, right? His teammate Bijan Robinson calling him the best teammate he ever had. I mean, I'm not sure that I remember the Bears drafting a player that's getting this much praise. So I, I'm going to skip the beast for a second here and go to John City, the the Bears Southwest Area Scout. Let me just read you some of his his highlights as he talked to us. You walk into the building and they're talking about this kid. So that's the first time you hear of him. Before I go out to practice and see the kid, you walk in and from the liaison to the strength coach, to the trainer across the board, everyone is singing the same message. This is the hardest working kid in the building. Here's some more. He's arguably one of the best special teams players across the board. Speaking of his running style, hard nose, fits this division to a T. Powerful, physical, breaks a lot of tackles. He was one of the higher broken tackle percentage guys that were coming out in this class. That's a lot of hidden yardage with him. Let's do a little bit more. Let's find a little bit more. He's a hits principal guy. He just emulates everything we want a Chicago Bear to be. I just can't say it enough. The it factor about this kid is special. That is from John City, the Bears Southwest Area Scout. I think the question here, you know, I think it's why they were shocked why they were still on the board. Because the floor on this kid was, I think it's really high. They were shocked, by the way. That's Ryan yeah. Pohl's exact word. Shocked that he was there. And we had him, I mean, he just barely missed the cut to get inside our top 100, but he's right in this area. Um, and I think that the hard thing to figure, I don't know, to figure out is like, is he, is he a true RB one? Because he wasn't that at Texas, but he was also playing behind maybe the best pro prospect, overall prospect in the entire draft yeah. to be John Robinson, who just happened to be playing running back. The number eighth, the eighth overall pick. Yeah. Um, but from a character standpoint, special team standpoint, and I wrote it up on him, you know, weeks ago that I think this guy's going to be in the league for a long, long time regardless. But even just watching more tapes since they drafted him, He's got he's got some wiggle. He's got some. You know what he does? He he changes gears really well. And I also thought it was interesting that yesterday they they mentioned his quarterback background and how they can uh, do some interesting things on offense with yeah. him. Yeah, could be fun. Could be fun. It, you're hearing John City say like all these things, and you just picture like this is their version. This is Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus's version of David Montgomery. Whom they loved, whom they tried to resign. But that was a Matt Nagy Ryan Pace pick. This yeah. is their 
their next version of him, and he's going to be under contract for, for four years. Well, I think from that standpoint, too, whatever they lost from David Montgomery in that locker room, I think they're picking up here with Roshan Johnson. Yes. And, yeah. and, it, and it sounds to me like this is not going to take long for this guy to be a leader on this football team, even, even at a young age. I think maybe my most interesting takeaway on this is what it means for Khalil Herbert. For as much as he, for much as he averaged per carry last year, you know, the Bears still went out and signed Dante Foreman, yeah. and they just drafted a running back in the fourth round. That may say more than anything they've ever said about Khalil Herbert. Yep. Right. Khalil, Her- Khalil Herbert's a really good running back, but there's, yeah, there, there's, there's still some limitations there. You, you don't just pop to my head. You know, what I could think of that, like of any athlete in Chicago recently that's been talked up this much, like before he's ever played or even like walked into the, to the locker room. I'm talking about from a character, like leadership standpoint. Yeah. You know where I'm going with this? No, I don't. A guy you covered on a different team? Oh, Captain Serious? Yeah. That was initial. That was strong. You know what I'm talking about? Now, I'm not trying to put him in that type of category of like as a player, because Taves was also an, an insane, you know, player who obviously, you know, is going to the Hall of Fame. But I'm just talking about in terms of the way a player is talked up from a character, like he can come in and be a captain right away. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not a hockey fan, we're talking about Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taze, who is actually moving on from the team. But that is a a highly decorated player, like like Adam said, a Hall of Fame hockey player, three time Stanley Cup champion, Conn Smythe playoff MVP, was a captain for the Blackhawks at like 19 or 20 years old. Yeah, and they were talking him up as that. The moment after he was drafted, and that was with the third overall pick by the Blackhawks. Was he a captain right away, or was it year two? Or they made year two, I think it was year two. Well, that could happen here, maybe. It's interesting. Maybe. And again, I'm not trying to like comp the talent or the impact. I'm just talking about the way that everybody around this dude seems to rave about his character and leadership. It's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. All right. Ne- next, I love this next pick. Yeah, it, this is the the pick that like made me really feel good about this draft. Tyler Scott, wide receiver, Cincinnati. Dane had a second-round grade on him. He was the seventh-best wide receiver. But I'm going to skip Dane for a second and go to what Ryan Cavanaugh, the Bears' Midwest area scout, had to say about Tyler Scott. Love his speed, great kid, tough kid. He can really take the top off. Justin's going to like throwing to him deep. He does that well. I think he surprises us with his route running and quickness and just everything about him. He's a tough kid. He's tough at the catch point. I think he brings his versatility. He could do both, meaning the outside and slot. He's talented, talented enough to do both. Scott has a running back background. It's just the run after the catch. He did that in high school. Been a wideout at Cincinnati since. He's got good vision, good toughness. He's a physical player. I think all that adds to his makeup and how he's going to move forward and produce for us. Special teams impact. He's a great gunner at Cincinnati. He's had a lot of success as a gunner and punt team. He's really good at it. Again, using his quickness and his speed to cover. But he's also a tough, strong, physical guy despite his size. His size, 
Not a big guy. 5'9", 177 pounds. It's like me out there. Yeah, just like you. I thought you were trying <laughs> to sell the pick. <laughs> uh, I Look, he... he I'll give Dane credit. I mean, this is this is one of the guys I kind of got into late in the process based on when the beast came out. And I was like, okay, who's this Tyler Scott guy I got to look into? And you you watch the tape, especially against Indiana, and holy crap, he's – I mean, there's one play he turns the DB around completely. He's facing the wrong direction. And meanwhile, Tyler Scott's running for a touchdown wide open down the middle. Um you know, there's another deep ball where he's got to go up and adjust to it. He tracks the ball well downfield. And the more like the first thing, it wasn't even it didn't even take long, but it just like clicked right away. As soon as I started looking at him, I was like, man, this guy would be perfect for the Bears. It is exactly what they need to take the top off the defense to give Justin Fields, who has a great deep ball, deep ball, that option. Um, it's it, it just seemed like a great fit. That's why we ended up having him at number 44 overall. On our board, and he goes, he goes. Uh, what was it? One thirty-three. I mean, I mean that's I, immense. That, that, that's crazy value. Yeah, like, um, a, a lot of teams, a lot of analysts will move these guys up their boards, their rankings because of the speed, like just the elite speed. He had a four point three seven forty-yard time. Yeah, that was, pro, that was his pro. That was his pro day. I'm not, I'm still trying to, I'm still struggling to actually see what it is that teams were scared of here. Um, The only thing I can think of is it's just, he's still so raw at the position. Brugler has a quote in the beast that he had maybe 10 catches in high school because he was playing running back back. and he wasn't even catching the ball out of the backfield. So he goes to Cincinnati. He only has three catches his freshman year. But each year is better. 30 his second year, 54 last year, nine touchdowns. There's some drop issues here. He had seven drops last year. Um, But I liked what Paul said yesterday. Speed can buy you time to work out the details, to figure out the details. So he's absolutely going to need some coaching. I'm not saying he's going to be out there week one playing, you know, half the snaps even. My favorite is what? No, I was just going to say, but I think he can be worked in relatively early to be a threat the defense has to account for. My favorite thing that Paul said is it's pairing his skill set with his quarterback skill set. Yep. Justin Fields, he's got to work on the short stuff, the quick stuff. We all know that, the layoffs. But he's got that home run throw. How many times did we see last year where the receiver, even Darnell Mooney, was just like a step behind that. Some of that scheme, getting more comfortable with what Luke Getzi wants to do, the timing of it. But to have another option out there to take the top off, to open things up for Mooney and DJ Moore underneath, I love the pick. It's one of my favorite ones. That's a good one. All right, now the next one's a little bit more, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't like questioning it because I think Noah Sewell is a good player, but they have so many linebackers right now. It's just this this definitely seemed like a best player available pick. Yeah. What did Ryan Pulse say yesterday that he called Dave Borgonzi and said, hey, you're spoiled. You have a really good room. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. It, it is remarkable, though. You look at where this room was after trading Roquan Smith. And, and, and what it looks like now 
it's pretty impressive. I mean, people were like, what are you doing trading Roquan? And there's still some of those people out there. I get it. But you look at the linebacker room now, and, I mean, is there a chance Noah Sewell's, like, beating Jack Sanborn out for playing time when, when like, two months ago we assumed Jack Sanborn was a starting Mike linebacker? Yeah. <laughs> that group looked just significantly different, doesn't it, right yeah. now? It, it just does. Um, again, I'm, I'm going to skip the the beast for a second reese hicks the bears northwest area scout came down to visit us as well so here's here's reese on and tool he's a really good player like in terms of the instincts he's a good athlete runs well for a player of his size comes from an athletic family obviously his brother penne is in detroit Noah's older brother, Nephi, is in New Orleans as well. Really good family. He's kind of learned from those guys. His approach, everything like that. Really loves ball. Will love him in the building. How about his pass rushing? Well, this is Reese Hicks. He's a good blitzer. Really had a good arsenal of moves. Something that I think may not be as common among linebackers. Usually you see that around edge players more than interior linebackers. But he's got a good arsenal. Rushes hard to the ball. Good close. That adds an element I think we can utilize. How about his football IQ? He's an instinctual player. He's smart. He gets ball. He's been around it a long time. His dad is a coach. He has that background, and he came, and it came naturally for him. At Oregon, he had some responsibilities calling the defense as well. I think when he gets settled here, he has what we look for in the building. The Everything he said about him being like a good blitzer, kind of made me think about, you know, maybe in some certain situations, whether or not you'll see him as a defensive end. Maybe. You know, maybe some third and longs, put your best pass rushers out there, see what he could do. Yeah, that's definitely intriguing. Um, I, I also want to bring you this from Bruce Feldman this morning in The Athletic. He did his 14 takeaways from the draft, and one of those in the entire draft was Noah Sewell said the most interesting pick of day three to him was this pick. He wrote, if you had asked me a year ago at this time, where would Sewell get picked? I would have guessed in the top 20 of the first round, not the fifth. Sewell, who was number 42 on his freaks list that he does every year, finished second in the Pac-12 with 114 total tackles, 37 more than any other duck. This was two years ago. Um Former high school quarterback, he had eight and a half tackles for loss. Let's skip ahead here a little bit. The old Ducks coaching staff raved about his movement skills. He topped out at almost 21 miles per hour on the GPS. That's Justin Fields' speed. Yeah. In addition, those coaches gushed to scouts about his ability, drive, toughness, and leadership. But this fall, he'd look like a different player. Scouts said Sewell didn't play as hard and wasn't nearly as productive. Sometimes elite guys who had a ton of early success see their college careers kind of fizzle out. At the Combine, Sewell still displayed some of that athleticism, running a 4.64 at 247 pounds and clocking a 1.7 10-yard split. If he can return more to his 2021 form where he was a 260-pounder who moved like he was 220, understood zone drops and got after the quarterback like an elite edge rusher, Chicago is going to look very smart. Yeah, this could be your edge rusher. Right? 
Yeah. If you're if you're reading the between the lines here, reading some of these scouting reports, Pools himself said if, if this guy was on the board last year, would have been off the board a lot earlier than 148. I also read somewhere I think that he was playing with some injuries this past year. Remember, they did change coaching staffs. There's some circumstances there that are certainly interesting. And I think I think the Bears probably looked through all those, you'd assume, and said this is worth a chance. We can get him like like Feldman said, you get him back to 2021. Really good player. Moving on. Terrell Smith at 165, the Minnesota Golden Gopher. Hold on one second here. I gotta bring up Trey Koziel. If you're wondering who Trey Koziel is, he is the Bears co-director of player personnel. I did a story on him last week, the day of the draft on you Thursday. Did. Please check it out. He is the Bears college scouting boss, and he is from Hinsdale Central. Local connections obviously makes his, in- his story a little bit more interesting, but uh, he knows what it means to be a Bears fan. He knows what it feels like to root for Jake Cutler. Grew up in the Brian Urlacher era of the Bears, so check it out. I wrote that story uh, what came out Thursday, the day of the draft. All right, Terrell Smith. Let's hear what Trey Koziel had to say. All right. He's always had the physical traits, right? He's big. He's long. He's fast. He's the Georgia State 100-meter champ at 10.38, which is no small feat there. But I think his confidence and his instincts. They asked him to play a lot of coverage there. So a lot of times with those long, fast guys, you immediately think press man. But I thought with his instincts and his ability to play off the ball this year, I thought that was something that really made him unique for somebody with that skill set. A lot of times with those taller, longer guys, it's hard for them when they can't get their hands on guys. But I thought he showed anticipation and confidence. He was finishing with plays on the ball, which was really cool. I'll give you his measurements in here in a second. But what do you think, Adam Hogue? Well, another athletic guy, right, has a size, uh, speed, 4'4", 140. Uh, arm length too. I mean, that's a theme throughout this whole thing. I, I think his career is interesting in that similar to Noah Sewell, you know, he comes in, he starts right away. He has a big impact and then it goes downhill. Right. But for him, it goes downhill for three years, injuries, COVID, the whole thing. And he sort of just fizzles out, loses his spot somewhat. And, and then unlike Noah Sewell, you know, he go, you know, he's still in school. He goes back for a fifth year. Has a great year. Great 2022. Dur- showed his dur- durability was back. He played, made 13 starts, put up good numbers, put up good tape. So obviously the Bears are betting that uh, the things he showed early and then sort of disappeared. They're back. And, and you know, in the fifth round, you take take that bet, I guess. I mean, you're starting to think special teams, right? Yeah. You're betting in traits. He's six foot, 204 pounds, ran the 40 and 4.41. He's got arms over 32 inches. He's a big guy. He's fast. He could probably contribute as a gunner right away. Dane had him as a, with a fourth round grade and his 18th best cornerback in this draft. He's an older guy, too. He's going to turn 24, like right when training yeah. camp starts. So you're thinking depth, you're thinking special teams. Like, those are the ex- expectations when you're talking fifth round at this point. Like, in, f- in the fourth round, 
Like I, I get that you found Braxton Jones in the fifth round, but like for some of these skills guys, especially in a loaded position group that Smith is entering, you're you're thinking depth, you're thinking special teams, you're thinking finding their role that way. So after attacking a lot of players that were high on Dane Brugler's beast and in his top 100, the last two picks, that's where we're at, right? Going to the seventh rounders here? Yeah. The last two picks, he did not have write-ups on. They're listed in here. Travis Bell, number 42, under the best of the rest, Kennesaw State. And, you know, he's a little bit undersized at just six foot, but tripling down here on defensive tackle. Jones. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read you what Ryan Poles said about Travis Bell. Where is it? Here it is. Well, Travis he said a Bell. lot. He loves. He said a team. lot. So, like, he's, he's going down his day three picks and everything's like, you know, boom, 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 you know, like scout talk, right? Then he gets to Travis Bell, and he goes on and on and on. This is Ryan Poles, the Bears GM, on Travis Bell. This is probably one of my favorite human beings. He's a special person. I didn't want him to leave after his 30 visit, and he didn't want to leave either. There's something different about this guy. He is passionate about the game. When you talk about having a full-time job during the season and showing up to the locker room in your clothes with your ID badge, your little knife, from his job. That tells you what the game means to him. He's working and football and practice is recessed to him. And those are the guys that we want. He plays hard. His film, he goes sideline to sideline. Like you said, that is not a lie. And, and it stands out on tape. I love the intensity that he plays with. And again, that's going to make us better coming out of high school. The guy played D line, running back, linebacker, fullback, everything. You could see that in the way that he moves. Yeah. And they like that he has a job. That's insane to me, by the way. Oh, there's going to be feature stories here. <laughs> yeah, he had a full-time job while playing football at Kennesaw State. Did you say footballing? He was Football. footballing? While he was fo playing. Did I say that? I don't think so. He was footballing. On he the was side. footballing. <laughs> Isn't that what they say in Europe about soccer players? I don't know. He's a footballer. I got to catch up on Ted Lasso. I have not. I watched the first episode. And of welcome to Rexham. Yeah, that's good too. But I just, you know, time constraints. The summer's when I can knock into TV shows. We're getting yeah. there. Yeah. So th this is a player. Uh, obviously, look, uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know a lot about him. But to hear your the Bears GM, <laughs> yeah, that that was his introduction on the guy. This isn't a question. This wasn't, you know, a response to, you know, a question from Pat Finley. This was his introduction on Travis Bell. That was significant. Like that, that praise felt very similar to what John City was saying about Roshan Johnson. Mm -hmm. You got charisma, character, toughness, things you want for the culture of your team. Well, I feel better about the depth they have at defensive tackle. We'll have to see what these guys can actually do out there on the football field. And that's why I get excited about when these rookies come in and you, it's not a ton you can learn at rookie minicamp, but you can at least size them up, see how they look next to each other. And then once you get to training camp, the pads go on. 
start to get a good idea. And this will be one of those players that's fun to watch. Yeah, this feels like a, a three technique projection that became a favorite for the Bears front office, just in terms of the intangibles. Maybe nothing the, wrong the, with that. Seventh round, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. But I was going to say maybe this was one that had that gut box. Yeah. That that polls was talking about that, and in the seventh round, that's you know that's kind of what these teams do. You just it's kind of like a hey, why not? He was you know? the first player drafted from his college ever. I love that. That is crazy. Love it, love it. Um, one more pick. Team. Yep, the second to last pick, Kendall Williamson. He was. Hold on. I'll bring up the ranking here. Again, like Adam said, he didn't have uh, – He just missed out, though. He was 35. 35th. Okay, he got a 35th safety in, in Dane's rankings. Dane, um, Dane rode up to 33, so he was two away from having a full write-up. Here's what Poles had to say. Um, size, speed, range at the safety position. Going to be really good on special teams as well. It's basically, yeah. I mean, he's the second last pick of, of the draft. To me, it feels very similar to like Elijah Hicks, which which was a safety last year. Yeah. Taken in the seventh round. Hicks quickly became a staple in special teams and a backup. Started two games last year for the Bears. So that's 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 the expectation. You gotta have reasonable ones for for these guys, right? Yeah, and I will say that there, to me there's one difference with Hicks and Williamson here. You know, Hicks was kind of more of that almost like uh like jitterbug hair on fire coming downhill making hits type safety to me where Williamson you turn on the tape and it's not like I've watched a ton on him certainly but he's got range and that's something polls brought up but you actually see it in his highlight like he he's got quite a bit of range back there so was he biomechanical engineering major two or something like that Stanford yeah but you can go to Stanford and still major in like communications <laughs> which okay. still means you're smarter than us but but you gotta go like way over the top here this guy's this guy this is one of those guys that might be able to make more money not playing football yeah i'm just saying, I'm just saying. Yeah, well, yeah. give him a few years to try try yeah. the league I right. yeah. I, we have a few questions here before we get out of here a lot of defensive ends questions Let, let's just go with this one Fans are really on edge that they did not grab an edge. Yeah. Are we getting Yannick? You know what I'm talking about here, right? I'll hang right. up and listen. Yeah, I've, I don't know. I like yeah. him. I've always liked him. I wonder why he's been on 17 teams in five years. 17. It's an, it's an exaggeration. <laughs> it is like seven. More than half the league. Um, it, it is, like, it yeah, is a but lot. That, that, like, you see these veteran defense events. Yeah. They take that mercenary approach. One-year deals. What, what I will say about him is, and I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but he has like eight sacks in every year of his career, I want to say. Despite that, he's not good against the run. That's the problem. But if the Bears post-draft want to say, hey, we need somebody to go get the quarterback, which, by the way, they do, I like. I would. I, I would definitely like that signing. Yannick Ngakwe. Did I say that right? I probably brew it. Ngakwe. Ngakwe, yeah. All right. Frank Parker's still out there. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, 
watching the game later with your friends, maybe get a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan John's polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, and works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. He is out there, and there's connections to, to Ryan Poles. Um, this is from Sammy. Out of the top selected DTs, who do you whom do you think will start along Justin Jones in week one? Justin Jones is the Bears three technique. Uh, that's a good question. I I I mean I would have to give the nod to Dexter right now, I think. But well, he's the higher pick. Right. On the other hand, it, it wouldn't completely shock me if it's Andrew Billings. Who they signed, and they and they, you know what this kind of reminds me of, and I hope that there's better uh, results. But remember when they drafted Will Sutton and was Jonathan Buller the same year? The they drafted pick, but the first, you know, quick step. No, was Buller? Who was the other guy they drafted last that same year? LSU, right? Oh, who am I thinking? Ferguson, you're, you're talking about the yeah. Will Eagle Ferguson year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. That's what this feels like. But that was second, third. Well, that's the same thing. Second, third round. And you just sort of hope it works. <laughs> Neither of those guys <laughs> panned out. I, I think Will Sutton had some success elsewhere. I'm forgetting the city. I want to say, was it Minnesota or Detroit? Um, Ego was out in like two years. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. Bad pick. Um, we talked about the projections for these guys. Jermaine Jones. Question from Jermaine Jones. With the upgrade in talent and offense, what do you expect the Bears offense to finish in ranking by the end of the year? Um, if like if you're grading, I, I wrote this today. If you're grading the Bears offseason and their draft, free agency, and all that, like you start with the question, did they help Justin Fields enough? Yes. I want to say they did. I, I I really do. Their whole starting right side of their line is different now. Yeah. Nate Davis, Darnell Wright. You got DJ Moore, Tyler Scott. Two very different receivers should help you, right? You have a new running back back there with amazing intangibles. Two of them, actually. Mm -hmm. So I would say, knowing that you can't fix everything in one year, I get if you have questions about Cody Whitehair going back to center, but I still think that's better than the same Mustafer. I, I, I give the Bears a passing grade, B plus, A minus, in what they provided Justin Fields this offseason. DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, 
Chase Claypool as your third guy is not bad. As much as people want to knock that trade, I get it. Now you add that speedster in Tyler Scott. Equinemius St. Brown and Dante Pettis should not be your starters, but they're not bad to have behind that. St. Brown's a really good blocker. He's a pro. He fits what gets he wants to do in that offense. They have a lot of history together. Dante Pettis probably back mostly for his punt returning skills, I would think. But a little bit of depth there. Is is Valus Jones the odd man out? Well, I still think he's your punt returner and kick returner. Yeah. Well, I don't know about punt return. He's got to prove that he can do it. Got to catch the ball first. That's going to be an interesting training camp story. Because if you if you were to cut Pettis, keep Jones, that's still six receivers probably. Unless they're cutting Equinemius. The point is, a lot more bodies there. Yeah, it's better. We we're having that conversation. You're, Whereas you're last year all was these like names that I just it, hear it better. <laughs> like last year was well, Equinemius is your starter, and the guys you're talking about cutting were Simba Webster, who's actually still there on the roster. But I don't know if that's going to stick. He spent most of last year on the practice squad, if I remember right. Let's end with this question. I think you're right. Yes, let's end with this question from Justin. With two drafts and two free agency periods in the books, what have we learned about the front office and coaching staff? What are their trends? Are there teams we are trying to emulate? What do they value the most with this football team? Um, just from something just fell in my house somewhere. Um, hopefully, it wasn't a, hopefully it wasn't one of the kids. No, they're gone. Okay. <laughs> they're gone right now. My house um, is quiet too right now. Which is usually a bad thing. Yeah, but no one's here. We both have empty houses right now. I know. And here we are talking to that each other. That is very rare. Taking a nap or watching a movie or something. Yeah, right. Um, all right. What I, what I learned is it's the traits. It's the projection, right? Big, long, and fast. Yep. Big, long, and Matt fast. Matt Eberflus can't have enough of that. That's what he wants. Ryan Poles is on board with that. Big, long, and fast. Those traits are vastly, significantly important to, to this regime. Um they value their their time and research. Like a lot of these guys were top 30 visit guys from Tyler Scott to Darnell Wright. Like they put time and effort and the value of bringing them into the building and introducing them to a, a bunch of other staff, staff members matters to the Bears. Like, so that stood out to me. And, and then this, the idea, like, it's just nice not to have like conversations about like defensive backs learning how to tackle. <laughs> Stevenson loves to tackle. Jaquan Brisker loves to tackle. Kyler Gordon doesn't mind getting his nose dirty. He'll tackle. Like that's it's important. They want guys who are, are physical and meet some of those traits. You know what I also say? They're not paranoid in talking about what they want. They're putting it all right out there in front of you. Not only with their actions, and you see the 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 Raz scores in that list that was going around viral yesterday, and they're all in the green. But then they yeah. talk about it. Yeah, big, long, fast. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. It actually was not hard, and and I don't think it. They need to be worried about this. It was not hard to peg players that fit what they want to do. And. On one end, then maybe, you know, it's easier for other teams to kind of peg what you want to in free agency and the draft. On the other hand, 
at least you have an identity. These people yeah. understand what you're looking for. You know, that's God. Like even going back to like Mark Cressman, where where he's getting questions, like what's your identity? Matty Eberflus and Ryan Poles came into into this organization knowing exactly what they wanted this team to be, and put in a, a plan in place to find those players. They couldn't do it all in year one. Had a lot of dead money on their books. Wanted to build this through the draft, but that says something to me. Having covered this team as long as I have. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus know what they want. And I think that can't be underestimated. Like, there's no confusion in what they want this team to be. And, and I'll, you know what? It's why I credit the Lions, too. People questioning what they're doing, and I get it. But, like, it's a little bit different than what the Bears are doing. But at least they have an identity. At least they have, you know, they're going the grit way. And they're I mean, they're the favorites right now to win the division this year. We'll see how it plays out. I think they're gonna be good. But wait, what did you just say? The Lions. Oh, the Lions. <laughs> what do you think I said? The Bears? Bears for their first no, no, no. Yeah. I just said the Lions, if you want to question what they're doing, at least they have an identity and you know, a type and they're going the gritty way, and I get it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. But I, I love like the Lions draft is I think throwing a lot of like people don't get it, I, I guess, but I, I get it if if you follow their coach a little bit, right? Oh, I get it. I think they got good football players. I don't, I don't know if mind they got them any... drafting like they're back in the nineteen nineties. They know what they want to be. Yeah. I don't know if they got any Hall of Famers or you know, huge ceiling guys, but they got good football players. But, but Jack Campbell has amazing athletic attributes. It's a good fit there. It was not a good fit with the Bears. It was a good fit there. I like that pick. Well, I think he's like a Tra- Tremaine Edmonds like pick, but with the Bears having Edmonds. Yeah. yeah. Like okay. I say, with the NFC North, the rest of the NFC North targeting Iowa guys, that might bold, that might be good for the Bears. Sorry, I just had to get one shot in Iowa. And the Hawkeyes. I like Sam Laporta. Yeah. I do too. Packers drafting two tight ends. And they got their quarterback that no one thought was going to be drafted. Sean Clifford. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. We good? That, that everything? We're good. All right. Long weekend. Yep. We, we'll have two, I think, very good episodes this week coming for, every, for everybody. Back to the usual schedule, mm-hmm. Tuesday and Thursday. But uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for Kent for doing this in the airport, by the way. Yeah, I think he's got to go. I think he's got to get on his flight, uh, which is hopefully leaving at its newly adjusted time. And, uh, yeah, we're back on our normal schedule Tuesday, Thursday this week. Thanks for sticking with us uh, with, you know, the wild draft schedule. But uh, glad we got this out today for you uh, to recap the entire Bears draft class. I'm sure we'll have more on any notable undrafted free agents if we get to that point on Tuesday. Maybe uh, we'll take a nap or something while the houses are still quiet. And, uh, you know. You, you know how this works. As soon as you lay down on the couch and your, your eyes start feeling heavy. Yeah. Chaos comes back. It's true. Sunday naps are pretty good, though. I got. Can, can we get some nice weather in Chicago? Like, no. Mother Nature, can we figure this out? Did you miss it? Summer already happened. It was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, when I was in Tennessee. It was 80 degrees for a whole week. It when was I should awesome. have been in Knoxville with Ryan yeah. Poles and Chris Morgan. Yeah, no, summer already happened, dude. We're on the fall. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. 
It's a brutal out there right now. All right. Um, again, thank you for watching, listening. Please rate and review the podcast. Please hit that like button if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe. Tell a friend. We appreciate all you guys sticking with us throughout a very, very busy weekend. We will be back Tuesday. Talk to you then. See ya. Go Bears.